1: What is good, everybody? Welcome to another SP Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. And with me, two-man show today from blogging the boys, Mr. R.J. Ochoa. What's up, R.J.?
2: Stats, uh, congratulations to our Houston Astros on winning the World Series last week. Uh, congratulations to them for beating your Seattle Mariners. And uh, congratulations to the earth on living to see another day.
1: The, something that becomes more tenuous with every <laughs> passing week, it feels like sometimes. Before we get rolling on today's show, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SB. NFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you are new to the show, thank you for joining. I hope you continue to do so. We are going to preview every single game of the Sunday slate. We're all going to do our pick three, locks of the week, all of that stuff. But before we do, RJ, we're going to forego talking about the stinker of a game mm-hmm. on Thursday night football between the Panthers and the Falcons because we have to talk about what's happening with the Washington Commanders. Uh, if you don't know, Washington's, uh, Washington, D.C.'s district attorney filed a civil lawsuit against the commanders, owner Daniel Snyder, the NFL, and Roger Goodell for allegedly colluding to deceive fans and district residents about the league's investigation into the commander's toxic workplace culture and allegations of sexual assault in an effort, again, according to the lawsuit, to maintain a strong fan base and to increase profits, R.J., And this could be a big problem for everybody involved, because when you're talking about civil lawsuits, you're going to talk about depositions. And that means testimony under oath. So
2: I'm not a lawyer, Uh, (laughs) so I don't know what like a lot of the legal jargon means, obviously. Um, I don't think you have to be a lawyer or understand any of that kind of stuff to um, to understand that this is not great for Dan Snyder, not great for the NFL. At the very least, it's not a great look. Um, I saw that the NFL released a statement that said that they reject all of these um i guess you could call them accusations or allegations and i, lo- I love how like like i reject is supposed to mean like it's not true like, like you know like, <laughs> right. simply because i rejected it it cannot possibly be true um i i i do think that my, my biggest takeaway and i don't mean to minimize the impact of what's happening around here um is that we are getting closer you talked about like things getting tenuous every week like relative to the earth um it does seem like the sale of the commander's franchise is inevitable and i i do wonder how much um sort of like behind the scenes like mob boss stuff is, is happening to you know force this like i, I mean th- this feels i i am in no way caping for john gruden but but this feels like a I don't want to call it a targeted thing, but it feels like the NFL is finally at a place where they have had enough and they want Dan Snyder out of their special secret club.
1: Well, that could be possible. And if you think that this has nothing to do with the fact that Dan Snyder all of a sudden is now trying to sell the team, you're out of your mind because of course it does. But Carl Racine, the district attorney, was specifically asked about that. And he says if Dan Snyder sells the team, quote, he's still a defendant. The way the law works, legal wrongs need to be vindicated regardless of whether there's a sale. This lawsuit will continue. And so he's not going to be able. Well, I shouldn't say that because never underestimate the ability of a rich white man to rig a lot of anything. But it seems like right now, RJ, that this is going to go forward. And obviously, according to to the quote there, if he sells the team, it does not matter. I agree. It, it feels
2: serious. It feels, um, unlike, was it, was it Arlen Specter who wanted to go after the Patriots for deflate gate? You know, talking to remember, what yeah. <laughs> um, that was a long time ago. Um, so it feels very serious and, and it feels, um, like something, you know, legitimate, you know, however you want to quantify that it, is going to come from this. I don't know how long it's going to take. Obviously these sorts of things do take time. Um, I, I think, you know, it, this, it's exhausting, dude. Like I, I, I actively root against this franchise, right? Like it brings me great and utter joy for the commander's franchise to, to toil on the football field, but I'm exhausted, right? Like just as as somebody who's like halfway affiliated with them by, by, you know, his team being in the same division. And so, like it, it does feel like we are reaching an impasse with the commanders. Like we reached a point this past week after the horrible statement that the team released, oh. uh, where they they used Brian Robinson as as a as a pawn, um, as as a I, I mean, pawn is doesn't even qualify what they did. They you know propped him up as, as some sort of prop because of the, of the fact that he was shot. Um, I mean, it it does feel like c- commanders players are starting to wear really thin, and they've had to put up with more than than obviously they should have but i mean it just feels like it's it's bleeding well into the football operations of things and this is a football team but it is a business right it is a, a company it is an entity and so there are all sorts of tentacles here it is a mess like i, I mean it is I, it, like you like where do you
1: start with the mess i mean th- there
2: are too many places to start
1: it, how could it not permeate the football i mean this organization stinks from the top down and like there's just so only so much stuff that you could sort of block out I mean, it's pathetic. It is really pathetic. And, you know, look, as somebody, I like to see people in power held accountable. Always. All walks of life. Sports, politics, business, whatever it is. That's good for the rest of us. When the powerful powerful are held accountable. The NFL has a history of just sweeping stuff under the rug, right? Remember all the Jerry Richardson allegations before he sold the Panthers? Then he sold the Panthers and poof disappeared like a fart in the wind well Well, or or
2: uh, robert Kraft has some stuff going on oh he's got don't worry we took care of it jerry jones this past off season oh he's got some stuff going on oh but uh, I mean, look, I, I don't think we're like, I don't think anyone shot at the end of critical, but Calvin Ridley gambled. Oh no. <laughs> Banishment. You know, like I know that that example has been used a, a lot, but still Jalen Ramsey socks. were out of line. We got to find him. You know what I mean? Like there is no accountability for NFL owners to your point.
1: And it's about time that we got some. And so I hope that, I hope that we get depositions. I hope that we get all of that. Um, the, Attorney General in D.C. is also seeking a court order that would force the NFL to release the findings from Beth Wilkinson's 10 mm. month investigation into the commander's workplace culture. So and, and the NFL statement on that is, well, we released a summary of her finding. Like, what a joke. You released a summary of the findings. So you picked out the things from the report that you wanted made public and then made it public, and also specifically told her not to write anything down because you wanted no record of this, yet we're supposed to just believe your version of the events. It's Because they rejected
2: it, Stats. They
1: rejected it, so it must be true. Why would the NFL reject it if they didn't have cause? I mean, the whole thing is absurd. We need accountability here, and I know that, you know, we don't like to think about this stuff as fans because it's all entertainment for us, right? That's all we want is on Sundays to be able to enjoy the games and be entertained and then follow the team during the week. But no, there's horrible stuff going on or at least allegations of horrible stuff. And it needs to be fully vetted and investigated. And the results of that investigation need to be put out in the light of day for everybody.
2: Call them out stats, drag them. Um, I do feel for players on this team. Um, again, we talked about the statement earlier in the week, which is a, like, like, like every week it's like pick the thing pick you know like 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 pick the damning moment for the commanders franchise this week um I mean it's a you know a weekly game at this point I I what a horrible group of people like what who I you know obviously whoever authored that statement is is a little bit anonymous and unknown right now but what a horrible you know spirit that that led to that I mean it's it's really highly questionable how somebody like you know somebody can work for an NFL team that way. And I mean, I, I'm not trying to implicate Jason Wright for this, but we were told that he was going to help minimize all this. What I, I'm and I'm not outright blaming Jason Wright, but what has improved? Like like since since the name since the, the the name changed the first time since they since they changed in 2020 to the Washington Football Team, what has improved? It feels like they've
1: only become a larger mess. I don't know if you agree with that. I I nothing seems different. I'll say that like, and they're going to, they sit there and talk about how much they've changed this, that, and the other thing. If you don't have a new owner, the source of all of this, then nothing has changed, right? You're moving deck chairs on the Titanic at this point, and it's just a disaster. And there is no single NFL organization I would want to be a part of less than the Washington commanders. And we've got an organization, RJ, that literally just plucked an analyst off of television to be their head coach. And I still would rather be in Indianapolis right now than in DC. I mean to be clear, um, the cults are frauds, right? Like there are mega,
2: big time frauds, but they're just football frauds, right? right. Like, <laughs> like that. That's you know that that really sucks. And there's some, you know, um, some elitism and and some uh, you know benefits uh, from from power and experience that are happening there uh, that are egregious, but but certainly not in, in the vein that that is happening with the Washington Commanders. It's
1: just utterly incomplete it, It's a world of privilege in a lot of ways. Yes, and so it just maybe we'll see some movement there and some accountability. I hope we do, like I said. But uh, right now, the more news that comes out, just the absolutely uglier it gets.
0: Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one!
1: On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Alright, let's move off of that now and we'll get into... Speaking of ugly things, our locks of the week, RJ, and I say ugly because mine have been absolutely terrible. Yours have been far better. Uh, Our locks of the week are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three last week. BLG was the only one of us that got a win. He picked the Ravens minus two and a half over the Saints. Congratulations, BLG. RJ, you had the Falcons plus three over the Chargers. That was a push. Uh, the Dolphins minus five against the Bears. That was a loss. I am one, six, and two on the year, RJ. It is hard to be as consistent as I have been um i'm curious at this point
2: what your one win was do you remember off the top of your head no i have no i want to i want to know i want to look back and and figure out what team it was because you owe them (laughs) like that's that's your kind of honorary team this season uh at this point um i you know look a push is a push but i'm the only person who took an underdog last week just for the record um you know you guys a little bit you know less brave than i am um brandon you know dominating this game whatever but he's not here to say it so too bad I am the best person here at this game so far this season uh this week uh I'm taking the team that beat you stats I am taking the resurgent Chicago Bears as two and a half point favorites over the Detroit Lions you know Dan Campbell has got to be grateful for Jeff Saturday that's all I gotta say like Jeff Saturday has shown up to take some of the heat off of Dan Campbell. Congrats, Dan Campbell. You got a win. I saw Jeremy <laughs> Reisman of uh, Pride of Detroit was was kind of talking Lions fans down, saying like, hey, don't, don't disqualify this win. Like, a win is a win. Like, we should be happy. And I agree that Lions fans should be happy, mm-hmm. but I'm going to sit here and say it's not that great of a win. Like, congrats. You beat this ragtag group of Packers. It's not that impressive to me. I don't know that I believe in the Bears, but I know that they are giving me some reason to question whether or not I believe in them. Um, so I believe in a bit of belief and I believe that the lions are really bad defensively. So give me the bears. I feel really good about it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I never have to apologize for wins. You won the game, especially when you're the lions look, wins have been hard to come by man. So don't apologize for that. But you know, the bear, I'm not totally on the Justin Fields train, but they are doing things that he does well, which is something that they have not done up until this point. And so like, like like the train exists, right? like you may not be on it, but like there there is a
2: train that's moving. Am I, am I, I'm not saying it's like a, a powerful locomotive. this isn't the Hogwarts Express or anything like that, but like there is a tangible real train, which we did not think would be the case.
1: Sometimes I think what we do is with guys that we're maybe skeptical about when they start to have a little success, we will say like, well, Sure, they had success, but that's not sustainable. They're not going to be able to do it. It's like, whatever, man. We're going one week at a time here. And Justin Fields did put up a bunch of yards. He ran for the second most yards in a game that any quarterback has ever run for regular season or playoffs. Give him credit for that, man. Those count. So I get it. I like your pick. I was going to I was thinking about that one. I'm not going to lie. So I give you credit for that. I'm going to go back to the Um, well and maybe that, you know, look. I would say it's a mistake, but everything I've done is a mistake. So why break precedent now? I'm going Dolphins minus three and a half over the Browns. I don't like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Dolphins offense is absolutely rolling right now. Tyree Hill has over a thousand yards already. Jalen Waddle has been really, really good. I feel like he's not getting enough love. He's been incredible for the Dolphins. Now they have Jeff Wilson to help at least make that running game a little more consistent. So I'm going to go with Miami. I will give the three and a half against Cleveland.
2: Yeah, I think Miami is the ultimate like over team um, when it comes to props. Like, I, you know, you obviously you know took them to cover last week and that didn't work out. But like you can set your watch like Tyreek Hill is going to get his 10 catches. Jalen Wallace is going to get his nine catches. Like it's impossible how they do this like so consistently week <laughs> in and week out. Um, I don't believe in the Browns. Um I'm, I'm not going to believe in them in a few weeks even but obviously the the state of their their football you know team and football roster will change in, in a couple of weeks uh but who they are right now it's it's really difficult to buy into them kind of going shot for shot with miami so um this is i don't think any of us have done this yet this season like lost on a team well you would know better than us but uh like lost on a team and then tried to win on the same team back to back if that happens maybe the dolphins are your secondary team despite who did win for you in your previous successful lock right
1: so I've just burned myself on the stove and I'm just reaching back to the same burner to touch it again, which, yeah, whatever. This is it won't how blow year... up my hand this time. Right. This year, <laughs> my hand is so burned already, I won't even feel the new burn. I don't know. Uh, We'll see how that turns out. And now let's go to our same game parlay. Last week, we did Rams and Bucks. And congrats to us, RJ. We both held up our end of the bargain. You had Stafford under 200 yards passing. I had the Rams under 21 and a half total points. We both took home the win. BLG had Stafford interceptions at one plus. That did not happen, which is kind of surprising to me, but we did our part. So let's see if we can do it again uh, me and BLG are at four and five on the year. You are at three and six. Where are you going in week 10? As we look at Packers and Cowboys. Well, he's
2: not here, but we should mention this is Brandon's lock of the week. He did submit one. So he has taken the Cowboys at four and a half points uh, over the, um, the green Bay frauds. Um, <laughs> but my, uh, my leg that I am going to choose to stand on here. Um, you know, so, um, I, I sat down with Justice Mosqueda for a couple of podcasts this week, both at Blog and the Boys and Acme Packing Company. And on the show that I jumped on, on their side of things, we were talking about, you know, just kind of the state of the NFC. And, you know, Justice was saying that he believed in the Eagles. And I just asked him straight up. I said, Justice, you know, and I, I was being sincere. I said, what defense would you rather have, Philadelphia's or Dallas's? He said, Dallas. I said, what quarterback would you rather have, Philadelphia's or Dallas's? And before I could add any sort of like RJ qualifier, like, well, consider the Dak. He said, Dak. Easily, like he he said, I don't think Dak's getting enough love. I know Dak said that he might be, or excuse me, the Justice said Dak might be the best quarterback in the NFC with you guys on the gauntlet this week, just kind of when when you were pontificating and pondering the subject out loud. And so I do think that the collective world has underestimated Dakota Rain Prescott. So I am taking Dak over 249 and a half yards passing, meaning all he has to do is hit 250. My leg hits. Uh, Give me Dak. Give me Dak all night long
1: especially if the Cowboys uh, reel in OBJ, which they seem uh, relentlessly pursuing D- to the doesn't doesn't care to have him on their team. So, you know, I'll take That you. was the weirdest thing ever. I talked to <laughs> Debo Samuel this week. He refused to make any sort of recruiting pitch for Odell. That was weird. Uh, Dak over 249 and a half passing. I like that. I'm going to show a little faith in your Cowboys defense, RJ. I'm going Packers under 20 and a half total points. I mean, Green Bay's offense just looks broken. They don't give the ball to the running backs enough. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what he's looking at or what's going through his mind. It's really weird to me that a guy could win two straight MVP awards and then suddenly look like he doesn't have any faith in the offensive system at all. It, I don't know how to explain it, but Aaron Rodgers is playing it. terrible right now. That's, like Their offense so much. cannot do anything. And the Cowboys defense has been One of the best defenses in the entire league this year. So why would the Packers suddenly be able to put up a bunch of points? The only way to me it happens is if Dallas turns the ball over a bunch, which I don't think they're going to do. So I feel pretty good about this leg of the parlay. Give me Packers under 20 and a half total points. Um, Who
2: is the best defense in the NFL today? Right now. (sighs) If, If you have to pick one today recognizing that it is kind of a week to week league, but you have to pick one today.
1: I think I would take Buffalo. Wow. But it's it's very close. Buffalo, Philly. I still put the Niners up there. Dallas is definitely up there also. It's very – I don't think there's one, you know, overwhelming Tier 1, everybody else is a notch below kind of defense.
2: I understand that I can be somewhat obnoxious, and you don't want to say Dallas partly because of that. Uh, But just so we're clear, Football Outsiders has the Dallas Cowboys defense number one. By Defensive DVOA. Do you know where the Green Bay Packers rank offensively? Oh, geez, 20? Uh, They rank fifteenth, So it's not as low as you would think. Uh, But still, you're talking about like a literal average offense. Below average? uh, No, 15 would be above average, technically. Um, There's
1: 32 teams. 16 is the middle.
2: Yeah. So above. Oh, 15. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Your name is Stats. Uh, But anyway. Um, so we're talking about like a barely average or barely above average team going up against literally the best defense in the NFL by DVOA standards. Um, you know, not a perfect formula, but just about as perfect as, as one can be. Um, yeah. And, and a rested Cowboys defense. This is a Cowboys defense that, that has been on a bye. Cowboys offense too. Obviously um, I, I, I want, I want this really badly. I want the, I want the Packers to suffer in a football sense. I wish them health, wealth, and happiness. Otherwise
1: uh, BLG is picking the Packers to suffer as well. His leg of the parlay is Aaron Rodgers over 0.5 interceptions mm-hmm which, I mean, look, I don't know what the hell Aaron Rodgers was looking at last week. Three interceptions. He throws like seven interceptions in a season, and he threw three last week. I kind of think Dallas is going to get one.
2: I really do, too. Did you see Aiden Hutchinson's mom um, trolling him? I saw Uh,
1: that she said something, but I didn't see what
2: she said. It was like... All, all she did, like with regards to Rodgers, was like, uh, it was like a photo of Aiden, but like behind him in the, the moment, Rodgers had like a smile on his face. So she was like, even Aaron Rodgers is smiling. It was just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, threw one in the red zone, right? Like that's very un Rodgers. I think, yeah, I mean, let's let's go. Like, let's, I mean, this, this cowboy, this is a Cowboys defense that thrives when they have turnovers. They don't need them to thrive, but, but especially thrives when they do. Um, yeah, T- Trayvon Diggs intercepting. Do you know who the Cowboys secondary coach is? Al Harris, former Green Bay. You know, we, we want we want the ball we're gonna score. That was yeah. Al Harris. <laughs> I mean, so um it's uh it's time. It, this is a changing of the guard as far as Cowboys Packers and that rivalry is concerned.
1: We will find out. All right, that's our pick three. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will rip through all of the games in week number 10.
3: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, we will give you our thoughts on every game unless one of us gets zapped. If that happens, we cannot share our thoughts on the game. We can only give a score. I can zap RJ. RJ can zap me. Steven Serta, our producer from Arrowhead Pride, can also zap either one of us if he so chooses. Do we What's want to that? give Steven Brandon zap? So no, he has two. We do not. I do.
2: Steven, I I vote that you have two zaps.
4: Uh, I just, it, that feels I like it, it, it feels like too many zaps, to be totally honest.
1: Bam. Defeated, RJ. Take the <laughs> L. Take it. All right. Sit there and be wrong in your wrongness. All right, Who won let's the World Series stats? Here seahawks at the Bucks in munich this game is going to kick off at 9 30 a.m eastern time 6 30 a.m local time in seattle if you are a seahawks fan rj the bucks are favored by two and a half
2: um this has not had the london energy the games have had but it has had like a munich energy i know that's like Impossible because we're, we're not like, you know, we haven't had this. Um, the Bucks are in a weird place. I don't think we have to relitigate that, that subject. I mean, we've talked about that many times. The Seahawks are in a great place. Um, I just watched uh, the first episode of Hard Knocks featuring the Arizona Cardinals um, last night. And it was amazing how their spirits just died at, at the hands of Geno Smith. Like, it was so funny. Uh, <laughs> that that was, you know, kind of who broke them. Um, did you see that Pete Carroll was asked about his evolution on defense and whether or not it spawned? He like he was literally asked this by a reporter in Munich if it spawned from the Vince Young game. That, that was literally the question. And and Pete Carroll kind of like jokingly said, I come all the way to Munich and you asked me about the Vince Young game, like, you know, just obviously it's a terrible memory for Pete Carroll. Um, greatest football game ever played in many people's estimations. I'm taking the Seahawks. I, You know, Seahawks are a lot of fun. I know that you are bothered. I know that now the Seahawks are, are relevant enough again that you're annoyed by them because um, you're a petty division rival. Give me the Seahawks. They're winning the NFC West. They're winning this game easily.
1: I'm not quite sure that they are, RJ. Oh, petty. I think that, first of all, I think that, the NFL is ridiculously popular in Germany. I think the fans are going to be going nuts. I think this is going to feel like a much bigger game than just a regular week 10 regular season game. Right. And the if Seahawks that's definitely don't know what it's like to play in front of a loud crowd. You're right. It's going to be a little different. <laughs> Everybody says in these international games that the fans cheer everything all the time. Both teams. Right. Because they don't really have a dog in the fight, so to speak. If it feels like that, if it's a little bit bigger, I'll be interested to see how the Seahawks handle that. I know Tom Brady knows how to play in big games. I think they had every reason to pack it in last week against the Rams and the Bucs didn't do it. They, they did. They, they only won that game because the Rams lost it. They like, they I don't fought, think we should give the Bucks and they any they kind of fraud and they found a way to win at the end of the game and kept their season <laughs> alive when it was on life support. No, I'm not just going to automatically chalk up this Seahawks to win every time. You don't think Tom Brady can move the ball against that defense? I think he can a little bit. I Again, think I'm going to go Bucks to win.
2: Wow. I can't believe you used scratch and claw. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. That's stupid. That's one of the, the Bucks don't deserve last week's win. They don't.
1: I mean, well, we just said, don't apologize for wins. Now you're, you're apologizing for the bucks. Win. Well,
2: I don't think they should apologize for winning, but I mean, I, I have no qualms sitting here and saying it was lame. Like they didn't prove anything. They didn't, they didn't win the game. They just didn't lose. I mean, the no, Rams-
1: they won the game. They needed to drive down the field and get a touchdown at the end of the game. And they did
2: they didn't have to drive down the field. I mean, that the Rams made that a lot easier than it really had to be again. And they shouldn't have even gotten the ball back again. If if
1: they were up against a functional NFL, team, I hate happen. that we do this now as NFL fans. I'm so sick of this. People do this all the time. You're this the shouldn't Seahawks. have happened. They should have been able to, who cares what should have happened. Okay. We live in a world mm. of what did happen. The bucks did have to drive the ball down the field. They did drive the ball down the field. And then they put it into the end zone that happened. And whether you think it should have or not is irrelevant. Okay. Give me mm-hmm. the bucks in this one. I will give the two and a half points. People are way too caught up in what should or shouldn't have happened in the NFL today. It's really weird. Like results actually do matter. I think that I, I think you're talking
2: out of both sides of your mouth. Cause you play that game. Like you play that game with teams that are frauds. Like the you, you're, the, you think are frauds. Like, oh, the Vikings shouldn't have won. The Vikings shouldn't have this. Like, no, like you, like, like we can sit here and say it wasn't a quality win. It was like if they were if they were playing an average NFL team, they wouldn't have won that game. I mean, they benefited from their opponent being terrible. They had to drive
1: down the field at the end of the game to score. They did. I don't think the Bucks are giving up. I really don't. Have you noticed nobody says that? Like they don't say any of the go Hawks stuff. Like well, yeah, it is cause... so. It is their petty like revenge tour is so awesome. Like and it's <laughs> I, it's bothering me now, but we'll we'll move on. Vikings in Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills are favored by three and a half. I don't think Josh Allen is going to play in this game. He didn't practice Wednesday. He didn't practice Thursday, RJ. What do you like? I thought about locking
2: this game up on behalf of the Minnesota Vikings. To be very clear here, uh, this was my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the season, back when the look ahead was this two-headed monster that is Rob Stadsguerra and Arjo Ochoa. Um, and nobody is giving. I appreciate all the love for my Colts take, people, but nobody's giving me any credit for my Vikings take. No, nobody's giving me anything, and I hate that people nerded out about the Kirk Cousins moment last week. That was so awesome. Like, if any other, if if Mike McCarthy goes and gets this win in Green Bay, people are going to rightfully give him his flowers. Kirk deserves his flowers. That was so awesome how he went to Washington, the team that wouldn't pay him, and he got the dub, right? Like, he got the win. Like you said, don't apologize for winning. That was an awesome thing. I do think that people are going to should have the Buffalo Bills if this Josh Allen thing lingers, right? Like this is going to be the, like the butterfly effect moment that Bill's fans look back and be like, oh, if he hadn't gotten injured against the jets, you know what I mean? Like it does kind of have that energy and you can kind of see, even if he does play, he's obviously going to be somewhat limited. You kind of see people like explaining away the the, the loss for the Bills is really the win for the Vikings behind like, well, if Josh Allen, he should have been healthy to your point. You know, I, I I'm, I'm going to, I picked the bills, but I really wanted to pick the Vikings. Like I'm, I'm 51 49 here, but I'm going to lean Buffalo.
1: It's weird that now Case Keenum could potentially be throwing to Stephon Diggs again, who, of course, that was the connection for the Minneapolis miracle for the Vikings back in the day. Um, I think the Vikings are not as good as they have looked. If Case Keenum starts in this game, it'll be the fourth time this year that the Vikings have faced a backup quarterback. They beat the Saints with Dalton. The Dolphins with Bridgewater. I thought we we weren't going to do this. Why are NFL fans doing this? No, I'm not. I'm saying that they Mm. look better than they are because they've beaten backup quarterbacks. That's
2: Matthew Stafford is basically Case Keenum at this point. That was my point about the Rams. And you were over here, like, throwing the Bucks all these flowers after beating them. You know what I mean?
1: Like, that's a similar thing, similar effect. No, I don't think it is at all. So the Vikings are not as good as they have looked. That's why I'm not giving you any flowers for your Vikings take. And wow. I don't even know if they win this game with Case Keenum. That's the thing. Like, I'm not totally sure – Oh that they gosh. can beat the Bills. The rest of the Bills roster is really, really good. I don't think the Bills will cover, though. That's where I come down on this. So I'll take the points and the Vikings. Um, but I think the Bills could find a way to eke it out.
2: I'm taking the Bills. But like I said, the Vikings are beating this team in the Super Bowl.
1: Well, if Josh Allen, I think there's a possibility Josh Allen is done for the year. Like this could well, you be were a saying... big deal you
2: were saying that this is this UCL injury is like you you're way more in on like the baseball injuries uh than most people like this is, this is what leads to Tommy John surgery, right? A lot of yes.
1: times it's uh, UCL in the elbow and look, go back and look at that play. Josh Allen immediately is grabbing and rubbing his elbow. Uh, Steven Serta lets us know Josh Allen is considered hour by hour by code. Like, what the oh, hell does that even mean? That, that what does that mean? Playing. Like that, right. That is so stupid. Like that is so dumb. Yeah. He's, he's not I'm, playing.
2: Jordan I mean, Poyer's like,
1: been if, ruled out.
2: And if you're the Bills, like, I hate this. Um, I did a TikTok yesterday and somebody was like, I, I really, I want the Vikings to win this week so that our win against them looks better next week. Who cares what the win looks like? Like, and so I think, <laughs> I, I think Bill's fans are going to be upset. Like, if Josh Allen doesn't play and they lose, they're going to be like, Man, our one kind of like test at this point to play the seven and one Vikings. We lost. Who cares? Like, if you're a Bills fan, this is the least consequential game you're going to play in a long time. Like, if you lose to the Vikings, so be it. That's the game you want to lose. Don't worry about the fact that they're seven and one. They're an NFC team. You're an AFC team. This game is the most meaningless kind of one that comes along.
1: And I know I was ragging on the Vikings for not playing, you know, for playing so many backup quarterbacks, but like, Mm -hmm. if the Vikings win the Super Bowl this year. It doesn't count any less because they faced a bunch of backup quarterback. It, you still get the trophy, so I'm sure they don't care. Whatever. Hater. Skull hater. Hater to point out reality. Okay. Broncos in Tennessee to take on the Titans. Uh, Titans favored by three. It looks like Ryan Tannehill is going to be back for this game, which is great because Tennessee completed five passes last week and still almost one, to be fair.
2: Yeah, you know. In a weird way, like in an underdog way, I was kind of rooting for the Titans to pull it off. It would have been funny to win the game, like only completing five passes. But um, they have such obvious limitations. Um, That being said, the Broncos are a walking limitation. Um, I don't believe in the Broncos in any way, shape, or form. I, I think the bye week, like off of a win, off of a win in London, like with some some special attention on them, has gone to their heads a little bit. You know, I, I know they traded away Bradley Chubb. And so, I like, this is a, a an awful situation for the Titans. I feel very, very,
1: very, very good about it. Yeah, I think the Titans' defense is playing way better than they're getting credit for. Uh, like I just said, they completed five passes against the Chiefs and almost won that game. That's a credit to how well the defense is playing. Things just... They're not functional right now in Denver with the Broncos. They're just not. And whether you want to blame Russ, whether you want to blame the coach there, whether you want to blame whoever, and they all probably deserve blame. Tennessee's got their stuff together. Mike Vrabel like runs a tighter ship than a lot of NFL head coaches. So I'll take the Titans. I'll give the three points. Uh, and I actually feel pretty good about that, which is weird for me because I usually don't feel good about anything related to the Titans. I think Steven was the one who said that Mike Rabel gets the most
2: out of, out of his like talent than any, but any coach in the NFL. And I kind of feel like Nathaniel Hackett is getting the least right. Like Nathaniel Hackett's the person that like, like we all know somebody who eats like, like wings and takes like two bites. You know what I'm saying? And, And like, you look at their plate at the end and it's just like, it's like carcasses. You know what I'm saying? With like little dents in them. Like there's all sorts of meat on there. Meanwhile, like Rabel's plate is like, it's like a, a, what were those little um, cabin logs or whatever? It's like those little, it's like a little stack Lincoln of logs? logs. Yeah, Lincoln logs. But like, it's like that kind of stack, but with the bones.
1: Lincoln logs, underrated toy. Mm. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Jags in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Chiefs giving nine points, RJ. That's a lot of points. Are you going to go, KC?
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought Kyle Posey had a great take on the gauntlet this week and saying, why do we only talk about how good Andy Reid is after the buy? Like, that's some special thing. Like, why can't we just say that he's good all the time? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, why can't we talk about like how good Andy Reid is against bad teams? Um, so the the Chiefs look, I don't know that they were ever gone, but they look back from wherever they were. Um, I think they needed a couple of games, maybe like a month to kind of figure things out. Patrick Mahomes is just playing at an incredible level. Um, I don't believe in the congrats Jaguars. You beat the Raiders last week. This is a different thing. Like <laughs> this is a, this is a different animal. Um,
1: I, I will take the chiefs to cover very easily. There's no question. The chiefs in my mind are going to win the game. Do they cover the spread? Yes. <sighs> I don't know. I can, can't you picture the Jags getting a no. bogus touchdown at the end to no, try? No. I think I'm going to take the points. I, I, the chiefs are going to win. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Jags are going to be able to run the ball enough move the ball down the field. I think they'll find a way to lose this game by less than nine points. And if that's the most positive thing I could say about them, it's, it's been a bad year for Jacksonville, but that's where we are. But Doug I'll take Peterson, the, the uh rematch
2: or revenge or whatever, like former Andy Reed disciple. You know what I mean? Like that kind of gets forgotten that that was,
1: you know, where he came from. But I feel like, like Andy Reed doesn't have beef with anybody. Andy Reed's actually no. incredibly good to his assistant coaches. No, I'm just saying, like it's always interesting,
2: just from like a, a point of interest scale, like how you know, uh, Padawans fare against their former Jedi's type thing. So, Jedi. No, but it was their Jedi's. Like it was, it's a, a possessive thing. Their former Jedi's. No, it's not possessive. But I'm talking about multiple, like multiple Padawans against former, like the, the multiple Jedi. So, like in this case, in you know, Doug Peterson was the Padawan to Andy Reed's Jedi, but. Josh McDaniels is a different Padawan to a different Jedi in Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's still. You're saying the plural form of Jedi is Jedi. No, it, the Padawans are what's possessive. No, but I'm saying there are multiple Padawans. Like any time a, a, a protege is up against the mentor is multiples against multiples. That was the point I was saying. Padawans against Jedis. That's different Padawans against different Jedis.
1: I don't, I don't think you know what no, you're talking about. The All only right. way you're correct is if the multiple form of Jedi is Jedi. You've lost me many, many times ago, so let's just move on. Browns in Miami to take on the Dolphins. Everybody knows where I stand on this one. Miami giving three and a half points, RJ. Yeah, uh, it's
2: pretty simple. You with me? me. Yeah,
1: it's really simple. Um, The Dolphins score a lot of points. The Browns don't. It's a really ugly uniform match. Like, teal against orange is just Did you see the fake Dolphins tweet that announced that they were going to go back to the old logo and the old jerseys? No, but that is a bummer because I would have loved that uh, so much. Man,
2: wow. That sucks. Um, A lot of people were happy and a lot of people were disappointed when they realized it was fake. Um, I do think that the Dolphins like to play with fire a little bit. Like they're the the Dolphins are what the, what people want the Chargers to be so badly. Um, but they're actually that team, so I will take the Dolphins.
1: I feel very good. Very it is weird to me that like Tua is like throwing shade about. Oh, I'm I'm so much better on the deep ball. I was like, no, you're you're really not, dude. You're still throwing yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like
2: good for you at what you're good at, Tua. But like, let's not act like you don't have the fastest receivers on on earth. Like that that kind of helps a little bit. So,
1: but yeah, look, I you know I think that coaches. I think we saw this with Kyle Shanahan in 2019 because like in 2017 and 2018, they had no quarterback there and they got some semblance of quarterback playing 2019 and they had the second best offense in the league. Teams really were not aware or prepared for what Kyle Shanahan was doing that year. And I think the same thing is applying to Mike McDaniel this year. I think like he's ahead of the curve right now. Defenses cannot catch up to him. He's getting guys open, like you said. Tyree kill gets his numbers every game and every defensive coordinator goes into the matchup against the dolphins saying we got to stop Tyree Hill. and they fail every week. McDaniel deserves a ton of credit for what he's doing. Like I said earlier, I'll take the dolphins. I will give the points. Let's go to Jersey. Now where the Texans are coming to MetLife to take on the giants giants favored by four and a half points. And Damian Pierce is uh banged up for Houston. That's not a good sign. RJ.
2: Yeah, it's not. Um, Giants coming off their bye, coming off that that rough loss late loss against the Seahawks um they've lost two games this year to Seattle and to Dallas obviously um I think we believe in the Giants right like and if, if you're a good team you take care of the crap teams and this is a, a crap team coming to town so um I feel confident that the Giants get it done very interested to see what they look like post bye uh, obviously first one under Brian Dable so um yeah give me the Giants I feel I feel good I don't feel I zap good. you just, because I mean I don't want to hear more about this game. This,
1: game <laughs> this, this is for both of our benefit. So, Giants give the points. Cool. Next up, Lions in Chicago to take on the Bears. Uh, the Bears are favored in this game. Sorry, I I didn't write down the spread for this one. Terrible. Or listen to what I
2: said in the lock of the week because I locked them up.
1: That's so. true. What was it? <laughs> Let me just scroll back up on the old sheet here. And Bears, uh, Lions are giving two and a half points. Okay. Sorry about that. I mean, <laughs> oh. What
2: are you doing, Steven? Who are you zapping?
4: I don't know. I was just zapping <laughs> so I could get in on this so case. Well,
2: I locked up the Bears, so that's my piece. I've already said. so. Uh, kind of an obvious that. Take it away, Steven.
4: Okay. Uh, I just wanted to get in on this because I love Justin Fields. I love the Bears. And you guys know that. I'm not a diehard fan of any one NFL team. I'm kind of like Rob Lowe. I'm out here just with my NFL cap on <laughs> I identify players and I root for the players more than I do for the organizations. This is a prime matchup of lions bears. I love Justin Fields. I love the progress that he's making right now. He looks absolutely incredible. Lions are an entertaining team. They're a terrible football team, but they're fun to watch, and I love everything about it. I still think the Bears are going to win this game. Uh, Justin Fields, just he's making his ascension right now. He's going to get better as a passer. He likes to push the ball down the field. He's unstoppable as a rusher. I absolutely love the Bears right now. I'm taking them to beat the Lions this week.
1: I don't think that people realize how fast Justin Fields is like, you look at that long touchdown run, and somebody tweeted at me, and they were like, look at the terrible angles the defenders take. I'm like, yeah, because they didn't think he could move like that. I think he blew people away with how freaking fast he is. I think if you're talking about just straight-up quarterback runners, it's Lamar Jackson 1, Justin Fields 2. Is that crazy to say already? No. He's that
4: good. He's that fast. I mean, I'll take it.
2: I know I was zapped, but like, is this not the path that Jalen Hurts? I'm not comparing them, but like, this is this is what we said about Jalen Hurts, right? Like, and he's and again, not comparing them, but Justin Fields is a better runner right now than Jalen Hurts oh, was yeah. w- when, when he was like just a runner. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, if he does develop as a passer, like we are taught, I, I know Lamar showed up and was good at everything right away, but like this is it, whoa, it, it might take some time. Like, and that's not to say like some everybody was right or
1: everybody was wrong, but like he's a fascinating player to watch right now. He is fascinating. I agree. I'm not totally like, oh, here comes Justin Fields. I'm not on that train yet, but they are at least doing things that he does well, which is like the fact that it's taken this long for the entire franchise to figure it out is a little stupid, but I'll take the bears in this one. I'll give the points. The Lions are terrible. Dan Campbell is terrible. Just stop with them. Just fire him home and have a
2: beer. Yeah, That's great win.
1: Okay, Dan. Good. Go do that. Uh, let's go to Pittsburgh now. The Saints are in town to take on the Steelers. The Steelers are at home and getting points, which tells you the state of things in the Steel City. Yeah, two disappointing teams. Um, two like this. This would be a
2: really awesome uniform matchup if the teams were good, but like they're so bad that it ruins it. Um, I I'm sad. Like this game makes me sad. Um, I'll take the Saints, um, I guess, because I have to.
1: But. I mean. TJ Watt may be coming back for this one, and he's obviously going to provide a lift because he's incredible. But I just, I don't think there's a single redeeming thing about the Steelers now. Like Najee Harris is going to be losing time because they're not happy with the fact that he's not hitting the hole hard enough. Like there's just nothing good about the Steelers right now. And I'm, everybody knows I'm no Saints fan, but I have to take this one. I will give the one and a half points. It's not that many points to give. I don't think the Saints are anything to write home about either, but I just think the Steelers, if they weren't the Steelers, like essentially if you rip the name off the back of the jersey, so to speak, or rip the logo off the helmet, you'd be like the names are on the back, so that wouldn't do anything. Like the personal names. So- yeah, but you know what? I am I was just using that as <laughs> the analogy. The logo off the helmet would have been the, like, the I crazy. I said the country. logo. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, but if you did do that, you look at this team and you'd be like, they're not any good at all. I think they're getting an artificial Steelers bump. And uh, take advantage of that if you're betting. Take the Saints. Yeah. Stats loves the Saints. No God. If your name, like your your name, Stats, is closest to Saints of any NFL teams.
2: Have you ever thought about that before?
1: No, and I definitely won't now. Let's go to Green Bay. (laughs) Cowboys, Packers. Packers getting four and a half points. This should be, like, the game of the week. This should be, like, Cowboys, Packers, let's go. And now it's just like, ugh, we got to watch
2: this game? Um, I've certainly enjoyed talking about the Houston Astros winning the World Series. I tweeted this last week. It's something I did talk about with Justice. I'm sure you saw because you were watching the World Series in the like this was last week in the lead, like every commercial break, Fox was advertising this week's Cowboys Packers game. <laughs> Never mind the fact that uh Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, and Aaron Andrews were in Detroit for a Packers game, the, the like last Sunday, literally the the next game after uh the World Series, but they did not care. Fox has been hyping this up. Mike McCarthy's return, Mike McCarthy versus Aaron Rodgers. Beyond that, there's a, a Cowboys Packers connection, obviously. Lots of, of moments, big time moments, playoff moments, et cetera, et cetera. It's a one-sided thing. They they own us. They live rent-free in my mind. I'm not above admitting that. I'm so jealous of you because you are that to them. In fact, I asked Justice who that team would be. He said probably the 49ers. And so there are a lot of Cowboys fans. In fact, we do a roundtable on our YouTube channel every week. And every other person with me on the roundtable on Tuesday night was like, yeah, I mean I, – I don't care. I mean, they're three and six. It sucks. No, I want to go rip their hearts out. I want to go drop fifty on them. I want to march in like a fleet of savages and just like take everything from the village and leave it a mess. I mean, again, I, I I wish health and wellness and happiness for for all the like citizens of Green Bay and and people associated with the franchise. But I want to wreak utter football devastation this is a team and a quarterback that has haunted me that has has caused me great sadness and great despair and a quarterback specifically in Aaron Rodgers who completely controlled the narrative and who caused people, some would say someone like you stats to completely believe one thing about Mike McCarthy. He forced a narrative. He forced a football world to believe that Mike McCarthy was some oaf, was some doofus who had no idea what he was doing. And I'm not saying that Mike McCarthy is perfect, that he's infallible. He certainly has his flaws, but history has been rewritten and shown that, Hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a difficult person to work with (laughs) Maybe Mike McCarthy is kind of good at some things. I want to go leave no doubt. End it. When the Green Bay Packers fired Mike McCarthy in 2018, it was after their seventh loss of the season. Mike McCarthy can hand the Packers their back-breaking seventh
1: loss of the season on Sunday afternoon. You feel about this game the way I felt when the 49ers faced the Seahawks earlier this year. Or or the, the way the Eagles felt when they faced the Cowboys earlier this year. This is, you know, people were saying, like, oh, Geno Smith, who cares? Like, no, this team has tortured me for a long time. I don't care. Grind them into dust. And I totally get that instinct by you. And I, I fully, it makes perfect sense to me. And also, like let's not just hand the NFC East to the Eagles. Like if let's the Cow- go stats. Let's the go. Cowboys, I picked the Eagles to win the division, but like it's not out of the realm of the possibility that the Cowboys can win the division. They're still obviously actively chasing it. They're 6-2 and two right now. The Eagles are 8-0. and no, But you want to compete for that. Cowboys would love to be the number one seed in the NFC. So who cares that it's the Packers? You should be happy that the Packers are struggling. That's great for you. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. I'm going to give the points. I think they're, they're better at every level. And it's, it's amazing to me, RJ, because we spent all offseason crushing the Cowboys. What have they done? How have they improved? Where are they better in any single area? Well, it turns out they were better defensively by a lot. I
2: mean, they don't have the turnovers
1: yet to support that. Uh, but, but that makes have, it better. That makes it
2: more impressive. I know. I, well, I'm just saying, like, that was the thing. Like, it was it was not sustainable to expect that. They're actually close, like, to, to where they were at this point of the season last year. They have over twice as many sacks at this point of the season than they did wow. at this time last year. I mean, they're just, they're, they're relentless. Um, I don't know that you know this. I mean, you obviously are a, a statistical historian. Do you know how many times the Cowboys have won at Lambeau Field all time? All time. Jeez. No, I don't even know. How many times have they played there? Well, what would you guess would be how many times they've won? All time? I don't know. Ten? Twice. Two Eesh. wins at Lambeau Field. One of them was authored by Dak Prescott, his rookie season. Um, He actually threw his first career interception at Lambeau Field. Uh, he hadn't. It was a big story. He hadn't thrown one. He shook hands with Brett Favre at halftime and then, like, immediately threw one. It was, like, a really funny thing. Uh, <laughs> Brett <Brad> rubbed <laughs> off on him. Right. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot here. Again, like, this team owns us. This like this should be a changing of the guard. That that rivalry it's been a one-sided rivalry for all of time. Sixties dominated by the Packers, 70s Cowboys, 80s, kind of insignificant, 90s Cowboys, and obviously mostly Packers ever since then. So flip the switch back. This is this is Micah Parsons' turn. You mentioned um obviously the Eagles play on Monday night and sort of the commanders. Something I did want to include. NFL operations released a, a very interesting study on Thursday afternoon about luck. Did you read this? Yeah, well, I saw your post about it right so I wrote about it and they again it's impossible to quantify luck and I don't want to take us off on too far of a tangent uh, but the way they categorized or quantified luck was dropped interceptions right like if if you're you know if you're if somebody drops an interception that your quarterback throws you're technically benefiting from luck dropped passes right like that's luck um, you know settling for field goals or extra points that's luck and fumbles fumble recoveries I mean it's an oblong shaped ball right like you, you don't know which way it's going to bounce And the team that has benefited the most from luck so far this season is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have actually uh, gained two wins as a result of luck by this measurement, which is interesting considering they have two wins um, on the season. (laughs) But, But the second, third, and fourth teams that have benefited the most by luck in the NFL are the New York Giants, the Washington Commanders, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys have benefited the sixth least from luck among all teams in the NFL. And I don't say that to say that the Eagles are frauds or anything like that, but for lack of a better way to put it, the the proverbial ball is bouncing their way so far this year. And it's, and it gives, it should encourage Cowboys fans, right? Like you're not getting the proverbial bounces of the ball. And you also didn't benefit from injury luck. You were down your franchise quarterback for five games. Like if there's regression to the mean in this sense, it only benefits the Cowboys in their race for
1: the NFC East. You are just right. You're looking at all the positives right now. And you know what? You should, I don't blame you. Your team is good right now. Do it, man. I totally get it. Good for you. Uh, let's move on to two teams where pretty much nothing is going right. And that's the NFC West Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are giving one and a half points. I don't know who's worse. I guess it's the Cardinals, but really nothing's going right for either one of these teams. I mentioned I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks. Um,
2: it was it was sad. Like, I, I don't buy into, like, body language and stuff a ton, but, like, Anytime – and, you know, this is, like, an edited and produced show. Anytime, like, there was, like, a gathered huddle, like, Cardinals on three, Family on three, whatever, there was, like, two people who would do it. Like, <laughs> like it was it was so, like, pathetic and sad. Um, and, you know, there was the Buddha Baker speech uh, that kind of made its way on social. That, that happened, actually. They lost to the Eagles. So it was a way back. Um, I mean, what a loser team. Like, I just – I, I I want you to watch that episode whenever you get a chance because Cliff Kingsbury acted in that episode and it's just one episode of a reality show to be very clear. but he acted the way that you claim Mike McCarthy to be. Like, like he was so hands off, so like, come on guys, come out, be aggressive. like it was so like there was so like nonchalantness from him. I don't believe in the Cardinals at all, but the Rams suck. I will take <laughs> the
1: Cardinals to win this game. The Rams are bad at football this year. But the Cardinals are a bad organization. Like the Rams have had injuries. It was only a matter of time before their top heavy roster, you know, you can't sustain that kind of injury luck forever. And they won their Super Bowl. It worked out for the Rams. That they, they yeah. were always going to have a year where things were not going to work out. But the Cardinals Like, this organization, the whole thing stinks. They just re-upped Kyler. They just re-upped Cliff. They just re-upped Kyme. Like, all of them. And they're the source of the problem. And, like, maybe they'll clean house. Okay, whatever. But, like, their whole organization is just there. I have no confidence in anybody in that organization to turn it around. I, I still believe in Kyler Murray's talent. Like, to be very clear, like he is like,
2: but like, like we can, we can agree, right? He's a talented athlete. He's a talented quarterback. Like how, how effectively he uses those skills certainly remains to be seen. But like, so if I have to bet on one thing of that tripod that you listen to, I'll bet, you know, like if I'm forced to, I'm betting on Kyler's talent. I I see we've seen enough from Steve Khan. by the way, like when you watch that, because I believe you'll watch it. Like it, they cut to Kime and the Bidwill a lot throughout the loss of the Seahawks, and all Kime is doing is like rubbing his 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 temples and his eyes, like, and he's giving off this energy, like the I, I can't believe they're not executing. It. It's like you suck, dude. Like you're like you're the one who's building this thing. Like when he like it just reeks of arrogance, and and that might just be my read at this point in time. But yeah, the Cardinals are lame. But again, they have Matthew Stafford is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he is so bad, he is so unbelievably bad. I don't trust him at all. It's
1: been bad this year. Oh, I and, think and
2: so I'm sorry. He's like, he was like randomly put in the concussion protocol. Like, right. like that that was such a weird thing.
1: I think he's way more banged up than, than they've let on. I mean, we know he's tough as all get out, but
2: cares if you're I'm still going to gonna
1: like... take the Rams in the game. I, I just think that they're just, a. I think the Cardinals are packing it in and nobody packs it in like Kyler Murray. I mean, he literally wouldn't come off the bench at the end of a playoff game to Give this team. Against this team. That's and he's now he's back in the same building. That's true. Wow. Are you taking the Rams?
2: No, I said I'm taking the Cardinals. I don't oh. believe
1: in the Rams at all. Okay. Well, speaking of teams you don't believe in, Colts mm. in Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders giving four and a half. I'm fascinated by this game, RJ. I can't wait to watch it. I literally have no idea what's going to happen. Like, are the Colts going to be able to get the right personnel on the field at different times? Like, this could be the biggest tire fire we have seen in an NFL game. In a long time, maybe ever.
2: I am so really sad, but shocked at how many people like it. Like just watched Jeff Saturday's like rah rah speech, Ugh. and we're like, "Wow, I would run <laughs> through a wall for this guy." Like, what a bunch of losers! I and so happy to have placed my flag at the top of Fraud Colts Mountain long ago. <laughs> there, This is free real estate, everybody. Come live here. We'll establish our community. We all deserve to live here. These are the ultimate football frauds. I cannot believe that, like, and what, what is really upsetting is, like, the walking back that is happening on, like, a national level. Like, I mean, and, and I don't want to, like, point fingers or accuse anybody of anything, but, like, there is a lot of energy that has been lost oh, just over the week. Like, it's just been a couple of days. And so many people have already kind of backtracked. A huge shout-out to Joe Thomas, who lit this up on Friday on Good Morning Football and and really, you know, very objectively called out how how privileged this is. This this is complete and total, utter privilege. This I mean, like, it, I always think it's the stupidest thing when my Twitter mentions will be like, and from serious people, like, well, I think Tony Romo should be offensive coordinator. And I, and I think, I think Sean Lee should be defensive coordinator. And blah blah blah. <laughs> like it's like, that, that is the dumbest idea of all time, but the Colts executed it. I mean, like it is so stupid. And like the, again, the rah-rah speech of like, you know, I I've been around guys in the hall of fame. So what I've watched hall of famers play oh. on television, my whole life, Jeff Saturday. Does that qualify me to be the head coach of this team? What a bunch of losers. That being said, I want to read you one tweet. And then the floor is yours. Um, NFL media is Greg Rosenthal tweeted this out right before we started recording. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. So the Raiders are 2-7, and have the number 32 defense in DVOA, put Waller and Renfro on IR this week, and are heavy
1: favorites to win. That's amazing when you really think about it. I mean, how could you go any other way? And yeah, Jeff Saturday's speech. I feel like people give too much credit. Jeff Saturday said, I'm not afraid. I don't care. (laughs) So what? Who and, and his argument that well, I you don't he said, you don't think I know what good quarterback play looks like and good coaching? That's like the dumbest argument of all time, right? That's like me saying, Oh, I had knee surgery. You don't think I know what good surgery looks like? You don't think I know what good doctors look like? Like, just because I had knee surgery doesn't mean I could then perform knee surgery. Just because Jeff Saturday played for a good organization and a good team doesn't mean he can coach at that level. So, give me the Raiders. I don't care who's playing for the Raiders, I don't care. I will take the Raiders. I will give the four and a half points. All right, one more game to look at our Jights Sunday night. Chargers, Niners. Niners are giving seven points in this game. That is a lot of points for a team that is just four and four on the year.
2: The Chargers aren't frauds, but they're baby frauds. Uh, like there's <laughs> there's the baby Jets. Like the Chargers are, are kind of baby frauds. Um, the the end of that Falcons game was incredible. Oh and, like, my pe- God. and like people are like, oh, the Chargers are back. No. Like, and I'm not saying Justin Herbert's bad. I'm so sick of these like, ex- like we're, no so people are so unwilling to say that like he could be doing one thing wrong. And like the argument from our friend Brandon is always he's hurt, blah blah blah, whatever. Okay, well, Aaron Rodgers has a finger issue. Dak Prescott's come back from a thumb, right? Like Kirk Cousins came back, you know, last week. Like everybody's hurt. Like, like find a way. Like, it, like how are you this bad if he is really <laughs> truly this perennially talented? How are they this bad? And, and like I say that, but they have what six wins, five wins? I mean, like, it's absurd how like like th- they are not deserving of their record. And I the the Niners are cut from the same actually, I would uh, let me reverse this. The Cowboys are cut from the same cloth that the Niners are built from. That's that's what we're seeing from the Cowboys is is a result of them getting punched in the mouth last year by the 49ers. They wanted to build their team just like that, and they've obviously done that. But the Niners are kings of rough tough smash mouth we're going to get into this wrestling pit and one of us is going to come out alive and it's going to be me kind of football and and the chargers are, are complete and total finesse front runners compared to that like they they do not have the spine to go back and forth with the niners i will take the 49ers very
1: comfortably san francisco enjoy your easy primetime win i saw this tweet from dan orlovsky the chargers went the whole first quarter against the falcons last week and didn't call a single pass that could potentially be thrown past seven yards. Justin Herbert better be like way more hurt than we realize for that. That's the only way that makes sense is excusable, in any right? universe. Just like the guy can make laser throws all over the place. And yet that's the offense that you call for him for an entire quarter. If he's that's... that
2: hurt, why are you playing
1: him? You, right. you know, like it's it, like, there's some sort of like some not, not everything adds up to your point. Yeah, it can't be. It, All those things can't be true. If he's not that hurt, then then let him throw the ball. If he is that hurt, then don't put him out there. Like, you got to make up your mind. I think the Niners are going to run all over the Chargers. The Niners are built to win a game one way. Get up multiple scores, run the ball, control the clock, and then let your defensive pass rushers go at it. Well, guess what? The Chargers cannot stop the run. They give up 140 yards per game rushing on the year. They give up 170 rushing yards in their last three games. They can't do it. This is the absolute worst team for the Chargers to be facing this week. I think the Niners are going to be able to run the hell out of the ball. Plus, they get Elijah Mitchell back, who hasn't been healthy from week one. So I think it's just going to be Christian McCaffrey, first down, Christian McCaffrey, second down, Elijah Mitchell. And then if Jimmy has to throw, great. But like we have literally seen, RJ, the Niners are comfortable if Jimmy Garoppolo throws eight passes in an NFC championship game. Kyle Shanahan will have no issue just constantly handing the ball off if it's working, and there's no reason to think that it would we wouldn't work because the Chargers are terrible on defense against the run.
2: I don't trust the Chargers at all. I mean, I I think the Niners are a little bit slept on, even by you. I I'd still say they're. You know, at worst, the fourth best team in the NFC right now. I think you can make an argument they're third, maybe an argument they're second, like depending on the day. Um, they're they're a force, and the Chargers are not. Like the if like the Chargers love to be run over. The Chargers like invite them. They're like <laughs> they're like out out physical us. Like in, you know, like take take over. Like we'll, here, we'll we'll bend the knee. Like and the the Niners are are here. Like the Niners are the way I want the Cowboys to play in Green Bay. That's who the Niners are. They are a group of savages, and they will savage all over the Chargers.
1: One last thing I want to say about the Niners, because I feel like there's a good vibes with that team right now. Even though Jason Verrett just tore his Achilles, the second Achilles tear of his career to go along with two ACL tears and a torn labrum and a busted ankle at one point, the Niners are just 20. Let me go back because people love to do this. People love to just hand wave away Kyle Shanahan's first two years as if they don't count just because the team was – you know, had a bad roster, even if you start with 2019, right? Kyle Shanahan's best season ever. When they went to the Super Bowl. starting with 2019, the Niners are just 25 and 24 against teams that are not the Los Angeles Rams. So I know we're all feeling good about the Niners. They still have to prove it to me that they can go out and consistently beat teams that aren't the Rams because they have not done that. And I hope it starts this week on Sunday night. They're going to be at home. All the good vibes are there for the Niners. Let's go out and see it, although I am picking them to uh, cover the points in this one. All right. Mm. Monday Night Football. Last game. We just give one sentence. Commanders in Philly to take on the Eagles. The Eagles are giving 11. I don't know if regression
2: is coming for the Eagles, but they are still a good football team and will win
1: this game. But Washington will cover. Wow, that's a weird sentence. A few different commas, yeah. You could have just said "Regression cometh" and that right soon, but no, I don't know if regression is coming. That was my point. The Commanders are bad at football. The Commanders are bad at everything. In addition to football, they will not win this game. They will not cover the spread. Eagles, I will give the points. That's going
2: to do it for this. What I was, I was Stephen. Give us a. Uh, I would think Steven should give us a one sentence on um, on Monday Night Football and tell us the stupidest thing that either one of us said today in his
4: estimation Mm. the eagles are absolutely going to crush the commanders (laughs) because they suck and i don't know i didn't really have any problems with anything you guys said today
2: what was the coolest thing either one of us said then
4: (laughs) um he wasn't listening you're putting him
1: on the spot he wasn't listening
4: right now really it, it was really it was the uh planning your flag on the mountaintop of the Colts sucking was really a highlight of the
1: show for me. Thank you, Steven. That is the most accurate take that I think any of us will ever have. It just keeps looking better every single weekend. It's going to look better after this week. It's I?
4: unbelievable. It's going to be a disaster this week.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: but guys, he's really fired up. I mean, did you see the? I'm being serious now. Uh, did you see the report that um, he yelled at practice because they they like mishandled like a a play made and made them
4: rerun it? Yeah, like, and he
2: made them rerun it. it was like <laughs> get it right the first time. Like,
1: oh, like the bar is so low. What do you think the other people. coaches are thinking when they read that? Like that is so comical. And um, but that's what we do though, right? Guys, good with the media, gives us good content, and we act, we prop them up. We've done it with Dan Campbell for ten weeks now. And we're doing it again well and they like mike rabel kind of has that
2: like vibe like remember that the line about cutting it off you know what i mean like people are like we're like oh what a like what a cool dude you know what i mean like but but he's like actually an amazing coach and like supremely intellectual um i will say that this phenomenon happens with like low-hanging fruit i don't know chris richard was the cowboys secondary coach for a minute and he would put on cleats and and like go out into practice and like kind of work with them and like cowboys fans fell all over themselves. They were like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing." Um and he would he would be seen on the sidelines like yelling at people. That I guarantee you there will be like a clip of Jeff Saturday like yelling at players and then there will be some like Colts homers like this is what we needed even though
1: they oh, lose 43 God. to 1. Oh. <laughs> wow, one. <laughs> that would be how would they get one point? Like, if They'll Jeff Saturday 100. screams
4: at a player uh, during the game on Sunday like there's a good chance an NFL player might just punch Jeff Saturday in the face. Right. Right.
1: Like, dude, you were on ESPN last week. Get the hell out of it. Oh man. I I also, that's my first
2: guarantee. My second is that he'll come to the podium after the game. And because at this point, the Colts are just trying to tug at like nostalgic heartstrings. he will be like, well, that was better than Desperate Housewives because that was Peyton Manning's line about like the rant that they that he had with Jeff Saturday back in 2006. Like I guarantee,
1: like those things are happening. Set your watch. Guaranteed, Jeff Saturday is going to have Peyton Manning talk to the team at some point before the end of the year, and he's going to get so much love for it. <laughs> and everyone in that locker room is going to be like, Peyton, can you just coach the team this week? Like, it's it's going to be bad. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL Show. Appreciate five star ratings. Thank you, everybody that's already done it. If you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for? Please drop us a five star rating and a review. RJ, good luck to your Cowboys. Steven sir, to your Chiefs have won enough. Who cares? Everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right,
0: come on with me.